Well, hey, friends, good to be with you all snuggled in here together, right? <laughs> Those of us with, uh, that are online, I'm sure there's actually a lot more of you guys right now because I know uh, traffic and just all the stuff that's going on here. So I'm just glad that we're in community here today together. Uh, I wanted to just like add something on top of the announcements that Gabriel just gave us. If you are or know someone who's gone through some sort of loss, um, next week is our grief share, Surviving the Holidays. Um, this is a really important thing to recognize, and I know that most everyone in here probably knows someone who's lost someone uh, in this last season or just recently. This is a wonderful tool or an opportunity to give them. It's a resource that we have because we often go to like, happy holidays, and we start gearing up. and like, this is the most wonderful time of the year. And uh, there's just a lot of people that like lament it and grieve through it and actually wish that would just go away quickly um, because there's an empty chair or just life has shifted, seasons have shifted. So it's just a great tool, resources for people to come. It's next week, which is why I'm hitting it right now because it's coming up really fast and it's just one time and uh, it's just something you can give out to somebody else. I will personally help scholarship if there's a financial issue about that. I care about it that much. So there's that. And then another cool little update. Um, last week, if you were here, we asked for the $2 club. Uh, and um, so we did that. You guys were very generous. And so we made uh, or making a donation right now to Ashley, who was involved in that incident, uh, for $5,000. So thank you for your generosity. Uh, I got to see a picture of her this last week, starting to do some rehabilitation stuff and seeing what they, how they can uh, manage and deal with that. So thank you again for your generosity. So we're starting this new series uh, called Margin, and, uh, and it is something that we're all really excited to talk about. Um, I know, uh, if you're like me, um, we lack it at times, and there has to be like times where we actually evaluate what margin looks like in our life. I know a lot of you have a garage that magically gets filled up with stuff, right? Where, where your garage is organized like once a year, you spend a whole day organizing your garage and all of the things that are in it, and then before you know it through the year, you're like walking sideways here, or you're looking over other things, thinking something somewhere around this area, right? Then you do a garage sale, and you get rid of so much stuff, like a ton of stuff, and then you meander over to somebody else's garage sale to see if they have something <laughs> that you should have, Right? as you're getting rid of your stuff. And, and it just like keeps accumulating, accumulating. It just like, you just have, don't have space or anything, right? It just gets really, really cluttered. Some of you guys maybe feel like this is like how your closet is. I, I know that we've had this problem. I'm telling you right now, my wife all the time, she's like, we need more hangers. And I was like, no, we don't. We need to get rid of some stuff. How do we keep getting more stuff in here? I don't know how much more stuff can fit. I can't even fit in there with my stuff to look around. I have to like look from a distance, right? Through the closets, your car, and you're like, oh my gosh, somebody actually needs to, a person needs to ride with me. So you're like <laughs> removing things around, right? So clutter, it is what it is. Your garage, it is what it is. Your closet, it is what it is. It's not that big of a deal. But when it comes to that type of stuffed situation in our lives, it's a big deal. It's just not okay because when we don't have margin in our lives, it affects us when it comes to our schedule. It affects us when it comes to our finances, that there's literally no room for air. So if something was to take place, it's like catastrophic. It affects our relationships or our mentality and how uh, we connect with other people or aren't connecting with anyone else or just even our own anxiety and worry when there's just no room. And God actually has a lot to say about this uh, all throughout scriptures. And so we're going to take uh, a couple weeks over the next couple weeks and have a conversation about 
what this looks like when it comes to our time and our relationships and our finances and see what God says about margin, that at the end of the day, life is actually better with margin. Margin is this idea that you don't have to go 80-something miles an hour to get to wherever you're headed, right? Because you could actually be there early. Margin is you have time to actually have a conversation and talk with your family. Margin is you have actually have dinner around a table, not, you know, flying in a car and stuffing things down into your face. Margin is that you have money at the end of the month and you're not worried about that. That you enjoy the things you're doing because you're not doing all the things you could be doing. Margin is showing up to small group and actually being present when you're there, not distracted by everything that you have not gotten done. Uh, margin is coming to church and being able to focus. Margin is coming and being able to focus on what's going on, being present rather than thinking, when is this going to end? Or what do I need to do this week? Or like, you got anything you want to add to the shopping list, right? Not being uh, distracted by other things that are going on. Margin is where you get to pray and focus. You get to be still and listen. Life is really just better with margin. Uh, margin, what it is, is it's this space between your current pace and your limits. Now, some of you are arguing in your head with me right now, saying, you don't understand, Larry, like my capacity to, to do things and multitask and to manage is huge. And we all have different capacities. But there is actually a limit that you can reach. There's a red line. And that's not a good place. It's not like something you want to have a badge of honor for. But margin is the space between the pace that you just need to be at and the, the flow of life and where your limits are. And so you want to focus on that because um, margin has uh, things that will happen to you when there is none. When there is no margin, there's certain things that happen. One is stress levels go up. Here's a simple example. How often have you found yourself where you're racing the, and the clock to get somewhere that you were supposed to be, right? Or you're like telling the person like, no, 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 we need to go now. We need to go now. Like, come on, I am waiting. Get in the car. We're leaving now. Or like my situation, I got all these kids and it's like, why are you taking your shoes off to retie them? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were tied. We're trying to leave, right? When there's no margin and space built in, you start to be stressed and everyone's like, why are you freaking out? It's because I don't have margin. I need to be able to margin in. Margin, when you have none, uh, no margin, uh, you focus, uh, your focus narrows. It narrows to like the urgent box and you just start living in whatever's happening right in front of you and that gets all your attention, all your focus and you find that the things around you start to slip through the cracks of your fingers and kind of fall apart and then you get more frustrated at yourself because you're like, ah, like I just, there's so much going on because I have no space, I have no margin to see everything. Let me give you a really easy example. I can focus on everything that's going on around us right now up on this platform because I'm standing about four feet away from the edge. Because I have the margin about four feet, I never think, am I going to fall off the stage in front of everyone and hurt myself? But if I get rid of my margin and I walk up to the edge real close right here, I don't think about much else. Because I know that the edge is right there walking especially. I start doing this, get distracted, trying to look around, can't be present in the moment. But when I create space and margin, I'm not just focusing on this one thing. I get to see and evaluate everything around me. When you have no margin, relationships suffer. They suffer. Um, relationships, uh, they suffer in ways that maybe we aren't even aware of. 
They suffer, you know, in ways where your kid's going to say, Mom, why are you always on your phone? Dad, why are you always on your computer? Why do I always have to get my homework done like this fast? Oh, man, I really wish I could have a dating life, but I'm just busy. I'm doing things, and so then I don't get the things that I want to be a part of. Or I can never hang out with that person. I'm just too busy. Or you're labeled as the too busy of a person where someone goes, yeah, yeah, no, I would have talked to you or I would have connected with you, but I just feel like you got a lot going on. You're really too busy, right? And so relationships suffer, like things are even put up on top of us. And the thing is, is that your happiness can actually be measured by your relationships. A lot of us don't understand this and know this, that our happiness can actually be measured by our relationships. Our relationship with God, our relationship with others has a profound impact on our own happiness. So why do we do this? Culturally, society, like as individuals, why is it like this badge of honor or this thing that we just put on ourselves to take out all margin, all space, to fill it all with things and stuff? And I think that a big part that actually drives this problem is one word, and it's fear. I think fear has a major impact on why we don't have margin. If I was to ask some of you, hey, why is it that you're always, you know, you're working until 7 o'clock like every night? This is crazy. Or why is it you don't have time to do these things? Or you're always like, oh, I don't have time for this. Most of the time, I would get some sort of response of, I'm afraid that. I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on something. I'm afraid my kid's going to miss out on something if they don't go and do every single thing they possibly could do. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out on, on what's happening around me or like at this workplace. I have a fear of falling behind. I have this fear that I'm going to fall behind. I'm not going to be able to catch up. Or I know this one really specifically hits me and a lot of the, the guys that I know of, this fear of not mattering. I have a fear that I'm not going to be this solution-oriented, impactful, purposeful person that like the things that I do are actually going to matter, right? And so there's this fear, so you'll just fill up all this space. I've got to do all of these things and I've got to fill it up. Our fear of not mattering much has the potential actually to draw us away from what matters the most. That statement is so important to me. That's what we're going to talk about in the third week of this conversation. That our fear of not mattering much has the potential to draw us away from what actually matters most to us. Now, like I said, all throughout the scriptures, God has all kinds of stuff to say about what margin looks like, what space looks like, in our life, and it goes back even to a um, long, 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 long time ago. God's people were enslaved. They were slaves in Egypt. And uh, they had no margin. They didn't do anything but work all day, work till they had to sleep. They ate a little bit, they worked again, weren't even allowed to get sick. If you got sick, you were worthless, you were useless. Well, God rescued his people out of Egypt and then gave them a bunch of rules. And this wasn't to like put them into a box, he actually gave them. You know, a lot of people think it's just 10, 10 commandments. There's actually over 600 of them. And it was, in reality, he was creating a new community. They didn't understand how to connect with one another. They didn't understand how to, like, connect with God in appropriate ways. They didn't understand how to live in something that had some sort of rest and space. And so God created this one rule that made the top 10, and it's called the Sabbath. A lot of you are fairly familiar with this word, the Sabbath, and you think, well, yeah, I have a Sabbath like two of them every week. I get a whole weekend off. I take a Friday and a Saturday off, right? Which is really abnormal for culture. Um, but this idea of Sabbath, it was actually an expression of faith. Back then, I don't think what we fully understand is that when God said, hey, I'm going to give you a gift, 
and it's a day of rest, that people freaked out because they, were, they, they had a fear that literally overwhelmed them. That was, I don't have time not to work. One, it's all I know. But two, if I don't gather, if I don't feed, if I don't take care of, if I don't tend to, I may not survive. And so God, what he was doing, he was saying, no, 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 here, look, at, I'm going to put things in their right place. I'm going to give you space, and in that space, you're going to see what it looks like to not have fear and to actually trust and follow me. The Sabbath was an expression of faith that says you don't need to worry or you should stop worrying about the things that you're missing out on or your needs not being met because I am your Lord. I am your Lord and I will take care of it. So he's putting it in the proper space. Now, the gift is that there's margin there. So there's some growth there. The other piece to that is that if you look ahead into the New Testament, Jesus had some things to say about it too. He said, uh, he talked about the Sabbath specifically. He said that the Sabbath was not, it was, uh, the people were not made for the Sabbath to do it. But the Sabbath was created for people to give them space, to give them some room to breathe even. There's another uh, a thing that's fairly familiar that made um, these, these rules and these laws and it's called the tithe. Uh, many of you are familiar with that. Don't worry, I'm not going to have a money conversation right now. Um, but the tithe establishes the same thing. People learned that, hey, we cannot live on everything that comes in. It doesn't go back out. That there's space that's created. One, because God had asked his people to partner in that. But two, really importantly, it was to put money in its place. You've heard this term, the money, money is the root of all evil, Right? It's not actually what it is. It's the love of money is the root of all evil. Putting it in its place so it's not the thing that you love for, so you're working over and getting rid of all margin in your life uh, and what you're doing to keep it in its right place. The, the other thing that it does is it does just what the Sabbath did. It establishes trust, right? You need to trust me, God's saying. Not have fear that I'm not going to take care of your needs, that I actually care about your needs, the last one that I wanted to talk about today is one that's not talked about much. It's called the law of gleaning. The law of gleaning. Um, gleaning is uh, um, the fruit or the crops that fall off of a tree or plant, but it's still edible, still usable, right? So you could still harvest it. Uh, and so in Leviticus, um, it says this in Leviticus 19.9, it says, When you reap your harvest of the land... Do not reap to the very edges of the field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave margin. Leave space there. Don't go over your vineyard again a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. Then he says this really important statement. I am the Lord your God. Not as like a start of a next paragraph and a totally different thought. He's saying... Don't, don't collect everything and we go, but wait, 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 I worked really hard for this. I spent all this time into this. I need to like have all of it. I need to take everything. I need to fill every little bit of space. And he's like, no, no, no. You need to have some margin. You need to have some room and some space and understand that I am the Lord, your God. I will provide and take care of your needs and put me in the right place. And Deuteronomy talks about this too. Deuteronomy, when you are harvesting in your field and overlook a sheaf, do not go back to it. Leave it for a foreigner. 
or the fatherless or a widow. So that, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. But wait a minute. But like I worked really hard for this. Like I need to be, I need to be like in everything, involved in everything. I need all the space to be taken up. So what you're saying to me right now is, so if we don't, if, if we don't do all we can do, like if I don't do everything that I can do, you're actually going to multiply the work that I did do? Yep, says the Lord your God. See, he's saying it right now. Yes, says the Lord your God. Jesus uh, says something that I think is one of the most difficult statements he makes. Uh, it's frustrating to me, it's irritating to me, and it's very simple. He says this in Matthew 6. He says, don't worry. And then he does this, right? What shall we eat? Don't worry about saying things like, what shall we eat? What shall we say? Excuse me, what shall we drink? What shall we wear? Don't worry about these things. Don't worry about like every little, you know, the working to the last, you know, everything that you have. He says, for the pagans run after all of these things. He's saying people who don't understand who God is, people who haven't put their trust and their faith in God run towards those things. They have to worry all the time, be anxious all the time, and, and like just toil and chase the wind in reality, right? Pagans run of these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Don't worry because your heavenly Father knows that you need them. To which we may say, really? That's where fear comes in. Do you really know everything that I need? You know what I need? You understand what, what, what happens if I don't do this? You understand what happens if I don't fill every little bit of my schedule? You understand that I can't have like the badge of honor of busyness? Isn't cultural and society funny right now? We've gone from like, how are you doing? To the answer being fine, good. To it's, how are you doing? And the good answer is, good and busy, right? And then we're like excited about it. Like, you know, just real busy. And then if you were to stand there and be like, oh, really? Yeah, no, I'm not that busy. And then you'd be like, wow, well, you're lazy. <laughs> you have no life. Jeez, sloth, <laughs> right? That's, that's what it's like turned into. Busyness is a badge of honor. Like if I filled up every second of my day and, and we say like, no, margin. And Jesus is saying, did you know that the, your heavenly father actually knows what you need and you can trust him and not have fear in that? He follows it right up. The next verse says, but seek first as the what? The first thing. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things will be given to you as well. We, um, over the next couple of weeks, are going to go ahead and talk about this. We're going to unpack what margin actually looks like in our life when it comes to time, when it comes to relationships, um, when it comes to our finances. And then we're going to like end this thing in a really big special way, I believe. We're going to do something that we've never done before. And so we started grappling with this conversation of like, hey, we have a conversation uh, as next steps every single week of like, hey, we should do this. We should be in community. We should go love one another. We should do all of these things. And so we said, what would it look like if as a church we actually created margin ourselves? As an example, what it looks like to create margin. So we decided that's how we're going to end this. So on November 24th, we've decided for the first time uh, in the little history of our little faith community that we are not going to meet here together on Sunday. We're going to create margin. There's not going to be a Sunday service. And instead, in place of that, with that margin that you've been given, 
is we're actually going to go out and do the things that God has invited us into doing. So we're going to do our first ever serve day from 9.30 in the morning to 12.30 in that place of margin where you and your families and your friends can go out into our communities to do a couple different projects. So here's your next steps. Let me tell you just a little bit about that. First, I'll be honest, there's fear in that, right? One, there's fear that you're all going to go like, well, I just got a Sunday off. Sweet. <clears throat> right? <laughs> Two, there's fear of like, well, hey, we got to keep the lights going. We got to continue to take care of the missionaries and the people that we've like promised stuff to. Oh, there's Dollar Club stuff. How are we going to do that? And so this is the faith conversation where God's going, hey, I got it. I'm take care of it. It's going to be good. It's going to be okay. Go out and do these things. I'm giving you margin to do it. So we got a couple different projects that we want to invite you to go ahead and be a part of and sign up for today or in the next couple weeks. Um, one of them is at, in Vallejo. It's at Loma Lista Farms. If you heard, it was months ago in the news. Some, it was all over the news for a little bit. Some dogs got in. They had some alpacas, and the dogs got in there and actually killed a bunch of their alpacas. Devastated that part of the community. Nonprofit does a bunch of stuff to teach kids about farming and gardening, just educational stuff. And so um, we contacted them, and we can send hundreds of people over there. They were donated a bunch of paint and some fencing and stuff to keep something like this from happening again. So we're going to go and paint fences and build stuff. And then their biggest fundraiser of the year for them uh, to do the work that they're doing is a Christmas tree um, farm thing. And so we're going to make a Christmas tree place. Yeah, so you'll smell good at the end of the day. So there's that one. Another one is at Lincoln Elementary School. Uh, it's in Vallejo. It's uh, a school that was near our Vallejo campus, so we got really connected um, with Lincoln. And uh, the things that they do there, last year we actually did our Thanksgiving boxes and made sure every single family in the school had Thanksgiving taken care of. So we're going to go there and do a, a ton of painting. They need a lot of painting done and some, uh, just some upkeep and some taking care so we can love on the kids that way. We're going to do some value stuff that they want to be able to put on walls, and so we're going to love on them that way. Another option is um, locally in Benicia, um, what we have is we've got a connection with um, a group called the Cartinas um, uh, Group, and they serve and help come alongside of elderly folks in the community. And so we've, we've been connected with them, and they actually have a handful of some elderly folks in their community that just need stuff. Like, we're going to show up and say, what do you need? And they're going to be like, I need you to help me like, do my landscaping in my yard and get ready for the rainy season or this project or hang this picture. Whatever it is, we just want to show up and say, hey, we're going to love you. We're going to take care of you as a lot of people cannot take care of themselves in this community. So there's those three options that we would love all of you to go sign up for. There is a fourth. It's on this campus, and you're not allowed to come. <laughs> um, this, that one is for anyone who hasn't been here the next three weeks to sign up that just shows up and is like, uh, where's church? We get to be like, here's your T-shirt that says serve day. Come on inside. We're going to make some stuff that we're going to give out into the community. So I've been the entire time looking at each and every single one of your faces. So I know who's here. And I expect not to see you show up at the one that's at this campus. Deal? Yeah, you've been seen. Um, so there's those three different options out there. And, you know, in reality, if um, something does come up with just this stuff that's going on right now, I mean, you can see just even today, and there's a need where we've been invited into an area to respond appropriately, then, then something like that will let you know because um, we just want to be open-handed to it. So here's the deal. Margin. That's how we're going to end this thing. We're going to have a conversation through it to look at how we can look into our own garage 
right? Our own life, look at the clutter and find appropriate space because life is just better with margin. Life with God is better with margin. It was something he intended for us to have from the beginning to put everything else in its place uh, and to be healthier, healthier because of it. Um, some of you may be here for the first time. I'm glad you figured out how to make it a service today. <laughs> this is fun. We'd love to get the opportunity to get to know you. You might already be excited about signing up for something. We have a gift for you. You can see some friendly faces. Come back. Check us out a couple of times. Um, some of you might have been here um, today, and I don't want to pass this one up. No matter what we talk about, maybe you came in here today and you're like, okay, so this whole margin idea is interesting, specifically when Jesus talks about not worrying and knowing what my needs are when I seek his kingdom first. And, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm just caring and I'm worrying about or I'm hurting from. And maybe today the next best step for you is to give some of that stuff away or at least explore what surrender looks like to a God that cares about you enough, um, to love you enough, um, that seeks you all the time. And maybe today for the first time you need to seek him. So we have a next step for you. This is a little journal called This Changes Everything. It's 21 days. Um, love to have a conversation at the end of it where you can go through and see what following Jesus looks like, following God looks like, uh, and just this uh, journey of discipleship. So that's a gift for you if you're here today and that's just something that's tugging at you right now. Don't leave this place without just taking a step towards that. That's out in the lobby. You can go get one of those. And the rest of you, I've given you your next step to. We're actually going to end service a little bit early today before you go get blown away getting your kids or leaving so you can go check out and see which projects you actually want to be a part of. So would you stand with me? If you're somebody who needs prayer today and you want to actually talk to somebody, we'll have some people at the front of the stage at the end of the service or in the prayer room. Another great place is on those connection cards. You can put those in the boxes in the back of the room. We can do it through the app. And thank you for your generosity. It's because of your generosity that we even can create margin to go and bless and unleash compassion and serve other people because of what God has given you and you're faithfully um, investing into the kingdom out. So thank you for doing that. Ahead of time, and I would love to send you off with a blessing and just read some scripture over you. This is um, just a posture of receiving and giving up. Matthew uh, 6, 33 says, but seek first. So may we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to us as well. Be blessed with that, friends. I love you. I'll see you next week.